0: Oh, <laughs> the
1: Los Angeles
2: Los I California. Oh, California 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 you say about Los Angeles LA got the people saying of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy
0: from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com, coming to you on a Monday, January 9th. I'm your host, Josh Gessman. Glad to have you back as we're settling into preseason. Galaxy officially started preseason Kind of. They at least reported for physicals. We'll tell you what the rest of their schedule is. We'll tell you the first time the reporters will get a chance to see uh, the LA Galaxy in action, which is coming up a little bit later this week. Uh, There are some rumors. There is a Costa rumor that we're going to talk about a little bit. Uh, But other than that, a little quiet. So where are the Galaxy with their roster? Sort of how are they sitting right now? And then Chris Klein made an appearance. Maybe it was from a while ago, but it popped up today and got everybody all sorts of mad. So we're going to talk about that as well to help us do that. He's back. We're glad to have him. As always, he's away. He's hes ju- actually just like 10 minutes further north than he normally is whenever you really pay attention to that. But uh, we're ba- glad to have Kevin the Panda Baxter back with us once again. Kev, how's it going, buddy?
1: Yeah, I'm in San Jose. It was like a 10-minute walk from
0: my
1: house <laughs> in right. Valencia. So it wasn't far. Hey, I'm still confused by the little cartoon graphic where it says, Corner of the Galaxy established 2009. Right. And then it says season 15. Mm-hmm. This is 2023, mm-hmm. you, and I do the math, and I get 14. I don't know how numbers work. Yeah, I was gonna I, say this is the, this is
0: where because because you have to count 2009. So 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, close, close. 20, 21, 22, 23, the 23rd. There you go. 15. I did it for you.
1: Okay, like I said, I I I'm not sure how numbers work.
0: Yeah, it it would it will uh we'll we'll see how that all goes. How how are you doing, uh, sir? I know you were traveling. You're up uh, for MLS Media Day, but but how is everything else?
1: Well, um, it, not well. We lost our little doggy over the weekend. Um, so that was tough. I'm um, trying to plow through that. Eleven and a half years with that dog. Longer than my first marriage. <laughs> yes. Longer than nine of the eleven jobs that I've had. Right. So and, as somebody wrote to me on Twitter. You had the dog 11 and a half years, but the dog had you its whole life.
0: Uh, yeah, the, that poor kind of, poor Chicharita, qu- quite honestly, yeah. I was going to say. And and I, I know we don't often mention her name on here just because you did name her after a certain player that was not on the LA Galaxy at the time.
1: At the time, right. My wife and I actually traveled to Manchester to see Chicharito play when he uh, was still new at Manchester United. And when we got this dog, it was two things. One is the dog's name in the kennel at the pound. It's a rescue dog. It said Sweet Pea. Well, it said she's a Sweet Pea. And, you know, knowing she's little pea and she looked just like him, um, <laughs> You know, brown skin, the, the big eyes, she looked just like him. So we decided she would have an English name, which is Sweet Pea, and then she would have a Spanish name, right, which is Chicharita. Yes. He never met her, and I was told repeatedly, "Don't ever tell Chicharito that you named your dog after him."
0: <laughs> so he never did. Are you, are you going to do it now? Is is now the time? Hey, I had a dog and it died. Is that is that like an <laughs> omen? Or, is, or should we be
1: worried? If he's playing poorly, I might I might bring it up.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Very good. Well, uh, of course, and I told you this, and and you told me the night before that it was going to happen, and. I know how that goes. I've had uh, I've had multiple dogs. I've had three dogs uh, and I have one now that is 14 and we're literally counting the days every single time. So I'm always like, OK, that's how it goes. Uh, but they're part of the family. It's always tough to lose. Yeah, them, so. it's
1: really tough.
0: Yeah. Certainly is. Now, you are up at MLS Media Day. Um, yeah, tomorrow is. Yeah, tomorrow is. And so you had to leave uh, tonight in order to get up there. So you're up in the uh, in the Bay Area, in in Santa Clara, right? Isn't that where you're at? No, San Jose. San Jose. Okay, and, so you're in San and, Jose. And
1: so the question is, why is this in San Jose? Uh, why isn't it in L.A. where it's normally been? Because, right. well, it, this is not done for us. It's MLS Media Day. And reporters, national reporters, local beat people from various teams are invited to come to this. And what happens is we sit in a conference room all day. Tomorrow it's 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. We don't get up and move. And players come in uh, and they talk to us for 15 minutes. Um, What happens is every team, 30 teams this year, they bring players to this for the TV interviews. Now, it normally was in LA because Fox, ESPN, um, they had the rights to TV. Now it's Apple Plus. Well, Apple Plus is in Cupertino. Right, which is right next to San Jose. So th- the players are not here to talk to us. The players are here to do uh, stuff for TV, little interviews and things that you'll see uh, d- during the season. But since they're here, MLS has decided that they would invite reporters out to ask them questions. And you've been to these media days before and you know, it's it's kind of a production line guys come through, but it's a great opportunity just to turn your recorder on and listen. Uh, I, I, I don't have a ton of questions for players, but, You know, maybe somebody from Sporting Kansas City talks about playing in the heat in Houston uh, in the summer. And now I have that on tape. And if I do a story about the heat in Houston in the summer, now I have a guy talking about it. I don't have to call a whole bunch of people all around the league to try to get different people to speak about this. So a lot of different uh, topics will come up. News will news will happen. Um, Most of it will be boring. But, you know, they're not here for us. They're here for the TV and we're just kind of dovetailing on that.
0: Yeah, and it's it's an interesting. It can be interesting. It can be really boring uh, sometimes too. It just all depends. Now the LA Galaxy were supposed to send three players up there, right. right? So it was supposed to be Chicharito, supposed to be Ricky Puj, and it was supposed to be Julian Araujo. And you you have heard that Julian Araujo is not making that trip up there,
1: right? They sent out a list, and and on the list, it's you know there were like like LAFC had three guys too. They had Vela, Kellen Acosta, and Gareth Bale. Um, and the, the list said subject to change. And I remember when the MLS called me about that. I said, I don't think Bale's, this is absolutely true, and you know this. This was a couple of weeks ago, and I actually said, I don't think Bale's coming. Yep. I don't think he's coming back to MLS. And they were like, oh, <laughs> of course he'll be here. He has a signed contract. I said, a signed contract for a million dollars doesn't mean much to Gareth Bale, who was once the most expensive transfer in soccer history. And sure enough, this morning, Gareth Bale retired, so I am not expecting him to be at media day. Not that he would have spoken anyway since he didn't speak, much uh when he was with the team so I would not expect him to speak now that he's not on the team um but yeah Julian Araujo is is not on the final list no reason given for that yeah I
0: was gonna say I I don't I don't think we should read in anything I don't think there's anything to it especially being the LA Galaxy posted pictures of Julian Araujo at preseason and all that stuff I don't I don't think this is like trade imminent it's gonna something's gonna happen Julian Araujo's gonna retire just like Gareth Bale not showing up he's gonna he's gonna do that um so I don't think we should read any just interesting uh, the way things sort of uh, filter down and eventually get whittled down so we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on and then Kevin of course will be our eyes and ears at media day tomorrow you can find him on uh, on Twitter are you going to tweet tomorrow during during Yeah
1: it's, if stuff comes up interesting I remember there was one player and I can't remember who it was Badoya I don't think it was question. it might have been Alejandro Badoya the one of the first media days I went to uh, again it goes on for you know oh, 10 hours and we were in the the last interview of the day I think it was Badoya Comes in. Half the reporters didn't even turn their tape recorders on. We were just gassed. Right. And he sat down and he just started ripping uh, uh, Jurgen Klinsmann for not calling American players up to the national team. And he was. Uh, I mean, he was hot, and and it went on for a while, and you could see guys kind of waking up and yeah. going, "Holy crap!" I threw <laughs> my tape recorder <laughs> on, it, and it was the last interview of the day. I, I mean, it would have been like 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 war declared headlines if he had been the first guy, but he was the last guy, and he was halfway through his his his, uh, his diatribe before some people even realized what he was talking about. Um, so, like I said, sometimes it's it's really boring. Sometimes it's it's uh, news is made. Sometimes it's just a lot of fun. Uh, some of the players come in and they're in a really good mood. I remember uh, Bradley Wright Phillips was really fun. You were there when yeah. he, He's great. he kind of went off. Um, and he was really fun. And and when guys come in like that, um, I think Kaká was the one that came in. And we All we talked about was Donald Duck. He's a huge Donald Duck fan, which is why I signed with Orlando. And so the whole interview was about Donald Duck. There you go. Um, yeah, just so it's fun, just just weird. Sometimes, and it's more you can be
0: a little more uh, loose and off the wall with it. So follow Kevin at kbaxter Eleven on his Twitter. He will give us updates from Media Day as it goes, and I'm sure he'll have a focus on the LA Galaxy players as they come through. So um, you can you can sort of check that out and see what they have to say. Not that we're expecting anything major or or, or super insightful. In, well, in and
1: it's going to be like baseball spring training. Everybody's going to win. Everyone's got a great team. Right. We're going to go deep this year. We've solved all the problems. We love our coaches. Uh, check back in about two months and find out that hardly any of that's true.
0: Well, something that did happen, and we do have pictures of it, uh, just in case you're keeping track, opening day for the LA Galaxy, the Rose Bowl game against LAFC on February 25th. Uh, that game is just 47 days away. Now, the LA Galaxy did report, Kevin, as we have been talking about, four preseason physicals. Uh, there are a bunch of pictures that the LA Galaxy put out as far as social media stuff, showing the guys doing their stuff. And there there has been no on-the-field stuff yet, as far as we understand it, and that happens tomorrow uh, whenever, uh, Hopefully, as long as there's not thunder, lightning and, and all that fun stuff, uh, maybe just in the rain, the LA Galaxy will open the season uh, and their preseason tomorrow on the field. Uh, but for most of this time coming up, it's about guys coming back. I would say Gaston Brugman has a new hairstyle. Uh, he's got like frosted white hair, um, it might even be blue, but it looks mostly blonde, like a blonde super white platinum blonde perhaps. Uh, that's a little different look for him. Uh, I think Julian Rajo still has the pink hair going on if you're paying attention to some of the things. Um, so Julian Rajo doing that and that was one of the reasons we saw a lot of pictures of Julian Rajo. We haven't seen uh, too many pictures of uh, of Douglas Costa yet, uh, which is an interesting little aside. and. You know, I've seen in the chat room people are already talking about it, but Costa apparently waiting for his visa to come back into and play in the U.S. And that's something that has to be renewed every year. Um, that's something that was expected. And as as I think we said on Thursday, um, it was that you should expect Douglas Costa to show up to camp and to be in this camp and to do all those things. That being said, there is a, still an awful lot of smoke Um, And I was actually contacted about uh, 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 Douglas Costa and told that there is stuff in the works uh, to move Douglas Costa out of uh, the L.A. Galaxy and to somewhere else. Gremio obviously was one of the places that he came from originally. We thought he had out wore out out his welcome, uh, but that could be a place where he goes back to land in Brazil um, and finish some stuff off. That is still something that. In my mind, makes a lot of sense because I'm not sure that Greg Vanny is convinced that Douglas Costa can be the guy he wants him to be. Uh, and so if that means the LA Galaxy buy, some, buy him out, then that means they buy him out.
1: Uh, go, go back to that Chicharito picture on the bike. Chicharito picture on the bike. Yes. You got those John Stockton NBA shorts on. He, you know, whenever you're riding the
0: bike, you yeah, got to pull them up a little bit, so that way they don't yeah. like get caught on your leg and all that stuff. So you got to you got to hike them up a little bit if you're going to be riding the bike. That's how that that's how that works. I would I would like to point out this uh, Chicharito photo as well, which is Chicharito courtside of the Lakers game uh, with those glasses or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I I'll apparently I am not cool enough, Kevin. That's all I understand because I sit there and say I would never be caught dead wearing any of that yeah, stuff, but I'm not Chicharito.
1: He looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger's mini-me. Um, you know, on the Costa thing, it's interesting. I think most teams would say, we want you in training camp because we want you doing something. We don't want you sitting around. Uh, you know, we want you fulfilling your contract obligations. And, and we want to know that you're serious about playing again. So I think most teams would say, yeah, get to camp. Now, if he is down in Brazil and actively involved in negotiations, as, as some rumors have it, um, then maybe he sticks around a little bit. Maybe he works out with Gremio because – why fly all the way back here just to get a physical and then turn around and fly back, especially if the galaxy have already said, look, go ahead and do whatever you want. But if this drags on like a week, I mean, you, like you said, 48 days before the first uh, or 47 days before the first game, but there's a lot of preseason games before that. Yep. And, uh, and the, the galaxy are facing a little bit of a deadline. You could say, yeah, look, they can add somebody in the summer, the summer transfer window I think is going to be off the hook busy because of the world cup. You know, there's not a world cup now for another three years. The galaxy can't participate in that window, correct? So if they're going to do some DP stuff, they need to do it now. Meaning they need to know Costa's status now, not finding out, uh, you know, in, in Gio Desanto's time, you know, right before the opening game. That doesn't help them at all.
0: Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it, it's. I it, remember that Douglas Costa came in a little bit late too, right to the to the preseason last year, right? This was this was one of the last ads that they they put on the roster basically before uh, the the transfer window shut down. And for everybody saying the LA Galaxy are running out of time, they have until April, um, you know, the middle to end of April to, to really sign somebody and bring it in. But here's the thing. They have one designated player spot open uh, and... Uh, as much you as
1: one one unless they get rid of cost in which case they would have two and,
0: and that's that's the whole thing they have one right now that's open um there are some stipulations that possibly come with that just as far as a young dp or something like that there's some things they have to work and maneuver around because they currently have three u22 players which means they either have to leave that dp spot open or they have to get a young dp in that slot in order to keep three u22 players or they sell a u22 player they convert one to tam they keep one as a u22 because you can have one u22 player if you have three what we call regular senior DPs um, on there as well. So there's some some roster mechanisms they need to go through in order to sort of figure some of this out, but none of that has to be figured out until that very first game, right? That's when roster compliance sort of has to come in. They have to be roster compliant. Usually the day before the first game um, goes out is that's whenever your roster compliance date is. I don't know that the Galaxy are in a hurry and there's two schools that I see in the Discord and on Twitter, which is hurry up and do something. You need to get people in because you have games coming up. You have preseason games. You want to get everybody to, but it's also don't make a panic buy. And then everybody says they panic bought Douglas Costa last year. I, unfortunately, I have to push back against that. They had plenty of time, plenty of options to not sign Douglas Costa for long periods of time. We had heard that rumor for, what, three or four weeks before they signed him. That was certainly, to me, didn't seem like it was a panic buy. It was somebody they went out, they wanted, and they captured. Right. Well,
1: they didn't want him, though. I, Vanny didn't want him. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I kind of wonder how much AEG got involved in this, because we know they have a history of doing that, especially Dan Beckerman, Gerard, Gio Dos Santos, um, you know, a number of people that the coaching staff at that time didn't want. And they wound up being forced upon them. Um, and, and Douglas Costa feels like that. A big name guy, somebody that 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 the Galaxy probably thought would put butts in seats. And I think they. I don't think he was the guy to do that. You know, he came from Brazil. He wasn't, I know he played in Europe, but he wasn't, he wasn't that major. Yeah. He's a big name, but he's not a Kaka. He's not a, uh, you know, he's not a Chicharito. He's not a Carlos Bella. Um, It just never felt like Greg Vanny really wanted him. And and he wasn't one of the guys that Greg Vanny went out of his way to defend like he did with Kevin Cabral. So I'm not sure this was a guy they really wanted. And I think, Vanny may be flexing his muscles a little bit to maybe kind of push him a little bit out the door.
0: And, and that's sporting, uh, that's sporting director, Greg Vanny right now. I don't yeah. like, Is am I wrong? Shouldn't the press releases say sporting director, Greg Vanny on them right now? Because saying just head coach is yes, he is the head coach, but he's also sporting director. It, it feels like there are, they're minimizing his role when his role right now is is far-reaching in terms of the sporting decisions of the LA Galaxy. It's Greg Vanny's way or whatever way he wants to go or nothing. That's what it seems like.
1: Well... You know, may, to sort of jump ahead a little bit here and things we're going to talk about later and we can go in more depth later. But since you're mentioning Vanny,
0: just just I start, just start talking about it. We might as well. Let, let, let me let me <laughs> preface it and then you can then you can talk about okay. it. OK, uh, there was a video that got released today on the L.A. Galaxy's YouTube page. Uh, it was talking about the Galaxy Discovery Program. And the very first opening lines are, hi, my name's Chris Klein, L.A. Galaxy president. And uh it was posted today. I would like to be very clear. That video was posted to YouTube today. Okay. So that's the thing. The only other part of this that you really need to know, um, and it certainly sent shockwaves through the LA Galaxy community. I saw it on the Discord, I saw it on Twitter, I'm sure it's on Reddit and everywhere else. Um, is that uh that everybody was saying, well, this is the announcement we were waiting for. Chris Klein is coming back because otherwise, why would you have Chris Klein front and center? We were told and certain L.A. Galaxy fans were very quick to sort of point out this video is from 2021, so it's not a new video. But you have to ask why you choose today to repost that video on a YouTube channel, knowing that the very first comments that you're going to get. And if you go on the YouTube video right now, you could see them, is just absolute madness about Chris Klein coming back as president. Um, and that's, that's the social media reality of what's going on is that the people who are paying attention to this team right now on social media and YouTube, uh, if they see anything related to Chris Klein, they go ballistic. Um, and so it was something that I certainly reached out to the LA galaxy about, and I know Kevin, I talked to you about it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Chris Klein in this video is it's a 2021 video. You got that confirmed,
1: right? It's 2021 video. The galaxy did post it. It didn't come from somebody else. Uh, and it starts out with Chris Klein saying, "Hello, I'm Chris Klein, president of the LA Galaxy," and it's, it's from 2021. So there's no new news there. It's not like, Hi, "I'm Chris Klein, and we just signed Zlatan Ibrahimovic." No, there's no new news there. Right. Um, but it starts out with, "Hi, I'm Chris Klein, president of the LA Galaxy." It, it almost feels like gaslighting. I mean, why else do it? But but you were mentioning Greg Vanney and his role, and 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 before I knew about the video, uh, I had reached out to the galaxy again, because they had promised me last week that I would be updated on Chris Klein's status and I've heard nothing. And so I reached back out again. And then I reached back to when I saw the video, heard about the video to find out whether it was legit and and, and whether that was the statement. And I was told that I will have a chance later this week to speak to Greg Vanny and I can ask him any question I want. And that to me was like, ask Greg Vanny about this. He'll, He'll be the one to tell you. And so the person I was speaking with, I was just like, "It's a yes or no question. Is Chris Klein the president or not? Why can't you? Why can't you tell me? Well, we can't tell you right now." And then the it, it, it kind of veered off a little bit to apparently there's some um, lawyers involved looking at contract. Now they could be looking at a termination contract. They could be looking at a new contract. Right. Just because lawyers are involved, that doesn't mean yes or no. It means something is happening, but it doesn't really give you an indication which way it's going. And so. I kind of took that as a, as a way to say, look, if he was coming back, you would just say so. And they, and I was told, don't speculate, you know, don't speculate on what's going on. Then I asked about, this guy is your president. He's the figurehead of the team. Why aren't we told, you know, when you sign a new player, who's at the grip and grim press conference front and center, Chris Klein. Right. So if he's your guy, if he's your figurehead, why won't you talk about this and again it was don't speculate and then it was aeg typically does not do this they, i was told this is an aeg decision this is not a galaxy decision and this is an aeg announcement it's not a galaxy announcement aeg doesn't normally do that well i went back and looked when rob blake was re-signed as general manager of the kings and aeg team uh, it was january of 2022 um there was a, a press release on that you know they did a press release they announced it now you know he's not the club president. Um, Luke Robitaille is, but still, when you know he's the general manager, um, and the AEG has over the years uh, sent out press releases when they hire, a rehire, re-sign front office people, uh, and set all that aside. A lot of people are asking the, uh, these questions, not just you and I, but fans want to know. the are people that, that that pay for the season tickets and buy the jerseys. They want to know too, and I just don't und- kind of. I just kind of don't understand. Why you can't answer a yes or no question? I guess we'll find out later this week. But it seems pretty straightforward.
0: It feels it feels wrong. Now, um, I, I would like to point out that whenever Chris Klein got his contract extension in 2017, there was only one person who who talked about it, and that was you. You were told about it. You knew about it. You got, you confirmed it. Everything was fine. And then I remember specifically on this show, we were saying we expect the LA Galaxy will come out with an announcement about it. You know, in the next week or so, with the whole deal. And then there was never any announcement. Remember, they never put an announcement out whenever he yeah, resigned.
1: We know, we know that report was right because we've talked to Chris about it over the years. Both of us have, and we both said your contract is through 2022. And he said, yes, it is. And he, and he, as late as October, uh, I asked him about it when he talked about the the team having set records for rev- ticket revenue and sponsorship revenue, which that's what Klein is responsible for. He's the president of the club, but his real, uh, um, I guess, his his. You know, he's he focuses on the business side of things. That's so, although he does come to the press conference when new players are announced. So, but he focused on the business side. So, that was a th- those are two big things for him getting that Herbalife extension signed and the ticket revenue. So, you would have thought that that he was in good graces with Dan Beckerman. And I asked him in October, Are you re signed? And he said, No. And I said, Are you worried about that? And he said, Dan Beckerman and I are talking through some things right now. I'm not concerned. We're on the same page, yada, yada, yada. And now we're two almost two weeks into January. And we know his con- his contract was supposed to have expired at the end of the year.
0: Supposedly, um, we—that's what we—that's certainly what we were either led to believe or what we have assumed. I don't think anybody's ever told us the exact date of that, but we assumed that it would run through the calendar year and be done, right? Because that makes I, sense.
1: I, think, I have to go back, and you're right. I mean, you can parse words and come up with anything, but my understanding in asking Chris that question in October was, you know, December 31st. And he didn't correct me on that. And again, I'd have to go back and look at the transcript to see exactly what I asked and exactly how I answered. But the gist of the conversation was: Your contract's up at the end of the year. Yes, it is. Are you guys working on a new one? Yes, we are. Um, And now we're two weeks into the new new year, and we haven't heard anything. And again, it's a yes or no question.
0: It should be answer. Yeah, it should be. It should be. I I, to me, there is no advantage to drawing this out the way that it has been drawn out, except if there's, if indeed there are legal reasons and legal things, that would be the only reason to not say anything until that is done and tied up and everything is complete because as an organization, you can get in trouble for that. But it sounds certainly sounds like you'll be able to talk to Greg Vanny the day after tomorrow and that you'll be able to get an answer. That's what it, that's, that's what it sounds
1: like. But you know, there's a a number of other things in there too. I mean, and, this is an all dump on chris klein i mean he's got he is the co-chair of the, of the la 2026 committee the local organizing committee for the world cup that's going to be a a job that's going to take a lot of time um there could be something in the works with him leaving the galaxy for that or maybe splitting time and maybe that's maybe that's why uh, this has been so complicated um i do find it interesting and you and i talked about this that um with the galaxy apparently their chief executive job in somewhat of flux, as far as we can tell, that that uh, uh, Will Koontz resigns as president or co-president or whatever, whatever he is, a, assistant vice president or something, whatever he is, the number two guy to John Thornton at LAFC, Will Koontz, who worked for the Yankees, who worked in the MLS office, who is, by the way, an expert on contracts uh, and how the uh, MLS money structure works. He just resigned from LAFC. Uh, without reason. Reason wasn't given. I talked to him. He sounded fine. He, he He's hoping his family can stay in Southern California. He loves it here. Um, nobody said why he resigned. He didn't seem unhappy. He didn't seem like he was forced out. Um, but he's unemployed and he's in LA and the Galaxy may need a president. I mean, how would the fans feel about one of LAFC's top executives coming over to work for the Galaxy? Would that be acceptable? He's a brilliant guy.
0: He's a brilliant and, guy. Um,
1: and, uh, He's a he's a brilliant guy.
0: It should really start and stop at that. Uh, quite honestly, with how incestuous the league is anyway, um, I don't think you should ever concern yourself with that. If, if if Will Koontz is available and you're looking for somebody to be head of soccer, it sounds like Will Koontz would be an excellent hire. And I think there's a lot of people. I think maybe Portland might have been interested in that uh, in him. Um, I haven't heard a whole bunch of rumors surrounding, but you and I certainly were theorizing on that and, and how that works. It's just... And, and Commercial Underground says, and is, is correct in this, is like, why should why should Greg Vanny be the spokesperson on this when really it is an AEG decision, but yet we're going to be able to ask Greg if you talk to him on Wednesday or we what? talk to him on Friday? It's, it seems
1: weird. Yeah, it, it does, and it has to do – the Galaxy have done this for a long time. I remember when Ziggy was coach, and you remember this too. Each coach has its own way of doing it. Guillermo sometimes didn't want to talk about stuff. Ziggy was always the spokesperson. You would literally see a player – limping through the the locker room on crutches with his leg in a cast. And you'd say to one of the communications people, Hey, does so-and-so have a broken leg? Oh, you got to ask Ziggy he's right there with a cast on his leg. Is it broken? Right. You got to ask Ziggy. And then you go to Ziggy and he goes, yeah, he's got a cast on. Can't you see it? Yes. I mean, but it had to come from Ziggy.
0: That that was, I, I, I've i told this story before about Ziggy Schmidt was, um, I had asked to talk to Ziggy. I went to a preseason training that they had at the stadium. It was early in the season. Um, like maybe their third or fourth, you know, training, that type of thing. And I went and we're at the stadium and I walked down the tunnel and I came down, we were standing off the side and I see Ziggy there. I'm like, Hey, can I talk to Ziggy? And they're like "Hey." Siggy's busy today the whole deal I'm like okay no problems I understand you know it's not a big deal I'm not gonna get upset about it the whole deal and so I said well Dom is Dominic Kinnears right there can I talk to Dom and they're like oh let me find out and so they go over and so they talk to Dominic and then Dominic goes over to Siggy and says this and next thing I know Siggy's coming over to talk to me and it was because Siggy was in charge he wanted to be that voice and so whenever he found out that I was wanted to talk to Dom he wanted to come over and talk to me instead so I got to talk to him for you know, 10, 12 minutes, it worked, but it wasn't, I wasn't trying to pull anything on that, but that's how he ran his ship. Greg Vanny's different in that. I think he's very open in the way that he uh, manages things. And if you get to be in front of him, you can ask him any question and you can have an in-depth conversation about almost any topic. Um, that being said, you have to be in front of him in order to get that service, that treatment. You can't text Greg Vanny and get a text response back, right? That doesn't work. Yeah. Um, well, so-
1: and, and, and like I said each coach is different Bob Bradley when he was with laFC none of the assistants could talk. you needed to get special permission way ahead of time uh, you know the and and some of the same assistants like Bruce uh, <coughs> Kenny Arena were on Bruce's staff at the Galaxy you could talk to any one of those yep. guys at any time and I think Bruce liked getting them into the spotlight a little bit for their careers like let matt reese talk talk to the media a little bit let's get his name in the paper
0: we used to have Um, pat noonan on this show constantly and pat was open to talk to us anytime we had dave sarakin on the show to open to talk if dave was like here's my phone number call me anytime you want like that type of thing and pat noonan was the same way i'll be on the show anytime you want sounds great you know that type of thing but you would never do that with Siggy as coach that wouldn't have happened so it's interesting to see
1: I wonder why that is. I mean, I think with Ziggy and with Bob, I know with Bob, the idea was he didn't want anything getting into into the press that he, wasn't cleared by him. He didn't want misunderstanding. He didn't want anyone to misspeak. He didn't want anyone to say something that he didn't want released publicly. Um, and you know, was did that make him a control freak, or was he just worried about the danger it would cause? Whereas Bruce Arena was kind of like, oh, whatever. You know, we'll, if something happens, we'll fix it. Right. Um, it, it's just a different atmosphere. I think Ziggy was more like. I want to make sure that I'm the guy saying this. So if something goes wrong, the buck stops here.
0: That that sort of goes to to back to Greg Vanny though, right now. And and you and I have been around this team for a while. I think you'll agree it's been quiet in terms of rumors, right? In terms of stuff we normally hear, stuff we normally talk about, the different things like that. It's been quiet. Uh, and I think my friend Chris Tucker was was saying this on the Discord, and I thought it was it was an, a really apt observation, as Chris usually has very uh, apt observations. Um, which is with the whittling down of the front office, right? Really, it has become sort of more close knit and, and there's only a handful of guys. And Vanny really does inspire, I think, a lot of loyalty We haven't heard as many leaks. We haven't heard as many rumors about things. It seems like the decision makers have been a lot smaller. There's not this giant sort of, hey, we have to ask all these people about the decisions we're going to make. It's like there's two guys who make or two or three guys that make decisions. They talk to each other and then nothing else gets out because we're not hearing a lot of the the misses or the false steps or the things that usually you hear during these where it's like, oh, they definitely wanted this guy. And now they, you know, the Aaron Long thing is you knew the LA Galaxy were in the center back they may have decided early on that Aaron Long wasn't their proper guy to go after and wanted to go after somebody different. But as of right now, all we know is that we knew that they were interested. They didn't get them. So how did that all play out? And so it's a lot more quiet, a lot more tight knit. Um, the leaks are not as many. Uh, and I think that that shows, quite honestly, I think that shows a properly functioning uh, chain of command in some ways, right? Certainly different in, in ways. When you and I know this, Kevin, whenever things were falling apart in 27, 2017, you and I were getting messages from everybody about all the stuff that was going on. And we're not seeing that right now yeah. under, under Greg Vanny.
1: But I, I would like to know some of the inside scoop about. Aaron Long. I'd like to know about Rusnik. I'd like to know more about Kellen Acosta and and Ely Sanchez because and the reason I would like to know is because at least two of those guys I would say definitely Long and and you can pick either one of the three midfielders. The Galaxy wanted those guys clearly and I think they clearly wanted Long and the fact that they went and signed somebody right after Long came off the the table um, proves to me that they were looking at that. I'd like to know where it broke down. Was it money? Was it um, you know, was it the style of play because and the reason i say that is because for so long so many mls players big stars from europe and and stars in the league where they could go anywhere they wanted they wanted to come to la for the weather for the tradition of the team uh just to be in la it's a big market um there there was a number of reasons and that's why you know guys like nigel DeYoung and and ashley cole and people like that came here the galaxy aren't getting those guys anymore but they are coming to la and they and they're going to the other team and and why is it they've made their decision they're coming to LA they're coming to MLS they want to be in southern california but they don't want to be with the galaxy anymore seemingly right why is that i i just kind of like to know how those negotiations went and where it broke down
0: yeah i mean that's that's ultimate i think that's stuff you could ask greg vanny about you can i mean again in the conversations i've had with him he's usually pretty forthcoming is like hey now he may be able to spin it in his direction and he feels confident he can always spin that. And that's why he seems open. But I, I've i always had great uh, conversations with him. Uh, let's get to uh, some super chats here. Uh, Gary gave us a $15 super chat. Thank you, Gary. Certainly appreciate that. If you have any questions, let us know. We will be happy to answer them for you. Francisco gave us a $5 super chat it says, when does the G2 schedule come out? And also, is G G2 going to play in OC this season? They aren't. Um, that was part of keeping everything the same, uh, for the city of Irvine and everything that they were doing. The guy to watch who we've had on our show and who we should reach out to again is Tom Braun. Tom Braun is sort of, I I don't want to say second in command without knowing the entire, um, like, like pecking order of everything in the LA galaxy. But Tom Braun is up there in terms of vice presidents underneath Chris Klein. Part of I think some part of the business development side, um, but also does some of the soccer operations. He is he was the guy who was spearheading that move down into Irvine um, and sort of laying the groundwork for the LA Galaxy. So I thought that and was
1: really put together the Real Madrid Juventus game at the Rose Bowl. Oh, did he? Yeah, and and that was the beginning of that was sort of the germ of the idea of taking the Galaxy back there for the start of the MLS season. Um, you know that that game went so well and they had such such a good time. Setting that up, the Galaxy came away with a good feeling and decided to ask about playing an MLS game there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. By the way, Francisco also says, what are your thoughts on uh, on Lamb leaving G2 and then Judd rumored to USL? I think Judd is getting ready to move. If I remember correctly, I've seen I was seeing a lot of rumors on that. Here's the deal. I'm going to tell you right now. uh, MLS Next Pro is not something that I'm excited about at all. Uh, It seems like a complete step down from USL. It seems like some farcical idea that MLS owners dreamed up because they saw themselves losing power and market share to USL. Um, and in order to do that, they went and created something that I would call, at least on the surface from what I can see, totally inferior to USL. Well,
1: It's like the old Reserve League. Remember the Seattle Sounders too.
0: I do think it's going to skew younger, though, Kevin. I think it's going to skew a lot younger. right? And that's what the Galaxy did in USL anyway, was usually skew younger in a lot of those things. But the bottom line is that if you're Preston Judd and you're looking for the best soccer at the available level that you have, MLS Next Pro is not it. USL is it right? The USL and the championship level is it. And the the only step up from that is major league soccer right now. Um, But if you're asking some of these guys and listen, this is going to, you're going to see some attrition here. If you're asking some of these guys to go and play an MLS next pro, they're feeling the same way. Dennis Declosa was so against MLS next pro. He thought it was very much, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but we had this discussion a couple times. He thought it was very much beneath where the LA galaxy wanted to be. They wanted to develop guys in the top level soccer environment that they could. MLS next pro is not that.
1: Well, you know what, what coaches have already told me about USL uh, championship is that you go play in full stadiums. I mean, full being relative, you know, 10,000, not 50,000. You go play in full stadiums against grown men. Some of them who have played in big leagues in Europe or, or even been national team players. You, you go and you compete against those kinds of players. It really is a step down, maybe a half step down with some teams from MLS, and you, you prepare that Going against, uh, playing against kids your age uh, on a backfield, I mean, I don't know where they're gonna play, but you know, in, in a smaller stadium or in a backfield somewhere, again, it goes back to the old reserve league they used to have before uh, teams started developing their own farm teams. Um, you know, Baseball doesn't do that. They don't go play at a high school field to develop their players. They have minor leagues and they play in stadiums and people pay to get in um, and they play against former major league players. That's what I think USL championship is. And that's how you find out if these players, Cameron Dunbar and some of these other guys are really going to be able to play. They're playing against grown men in a, in a stadium where people are paying attention.
0: Yeah, it is the, the grown men part of that, right? And and not to be sexist or or, or anything in that. It was always well, it of,
1: grown women.
0: Yeah, grown, grown women. if they if they They're want not. to, right? Um it, it it was about the the quote unquote the boys, the the younger kids who are developing in this academy and coming up into the USL. It was about those boys playing against grown men, real professionals, journeymen, some of which who played in MLS. It was hard. It was an uphill battle. The LA Galaxy did a very good job for a short period of time in sort of getting all that to do. So it's just, this is... I, am, I have no enthusiasm whatsoever for MLS Next Pro. Somebody's going to have to change my mind. I, I think I'd be more excited about Academy games right now than I am about MLS Next Pro, but that's where the Galaxy are, and that's where it's sort of been mandated. MLS is taking everybody going in this direction. This is what you have to do. Nobody's going to have those USL teams anymore, so it wasn't an option for the Galaxy to stay in USL from what I was told, and so now you're, you're in this position where you're sort of forced to make... You know, chicken salad, let's say. I'll say half of that one.
1: But you know what? It does create an opportunity because there are some owners like James Keston with. Orange County or the people down in in San Diego who now maybe wind up in MLS. There are owners who wanted to have MLS teams and couldn't afford it or didn't have the connections. And so they went to USL Championship. Orange County has been very successful. It cost about, I don't know, five or seven million dollars from James Keston to get in. He could never get an MLS for that amount of money. same in Orange County. These teams have legitimate professional teams. Like I said, San Diego may soon This organization, uh, the San Diego uh, uh, team down there, they may wind up in MLS soon. It's going to create opportunities for owners who want to get in but don't have the money that it takes to get into MLS to start to build good organizations. The problem is, where are they going to get the players? Because if a whole generation of young upcoming players goes to MLS, maybe it creates a market for, for more foreign players, maybe college players who... US, you know, the, the whole college draft now is going by the wayside. You know, yeah. Teams are completely ignoring it. Maybe the USL championship now becomes almost a, you graduate out of college into that league. That would be good soccer. There are some good players I would go see.
0: And there are players that will eventually, I think, make their way into MLS. I will say that just from everything I've seen, the gap between MLS and USL is still large um and just because you have a good player in usl doesn't i haven't always seen that translate in fact most of the time it doesn't translate to to mls a lot of guys still skipping usl but some guys have have developed through there um even the la galaxy have seen some of those guys develop through there so uh you could just go back in defenders with dan stairs and dave romney and uh and uh nick depew sort of in that same way the development and nick depew played in uh what was it? It was uh, not Ontario. Was it Oxnard? Um, oh, no. Ventura. Ventura County Fusion. That's what it was. Ventura County Fusion. He played, which was not a USL league. I think it was NPSL. Yeah, uh, very good team. Though. Yeah, very good team. But, I mean, there's ways and um, things in, for, for things to happen. I'm just, I'm very low on MLS Next Pro, and they're going to have to change my mind about it by watching it um, in order for me to get excited about it. I doubt that I will do any coverage uh, in terms of in-person coverage of any of those games right now. That doesn't seem to be worth my time at all. Well,
1: here's another question. They're essentially adding another league, another lower-tier lower league. Is the U.S. now in the position where it can have that many soccer leagues, professional soccer leagues? I- I'm not quite sure there's that amount of talent. I mean, the talent's going to have to come from somewhere. So is it going to come from Europe? Is it going to come from overseas? Is it going to come from South America? Or is the game going to, at some point, get inferior?
0: I mean, we've seen, I think we've seen some regression in in terms of MLS teams struggling to find talent, right? Overall talent. And we're
1: going to add another team. We're adding the 30th team now.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, 29 this year and 30 30 Mm -hmm. the next year and, you know, 32 on on their way, you know, San Diego, Las Vegas, Sacramento, it's all Western Conference, which is all fun uh, sort of to take a look at. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yes, there's a point. There has to be a breaking point. Um, But also... If you see around the world almost every small city somewhere has their team, right? That you have your team, you have your guys. Some of the bigger cities have bigger teams. Some like it seems like it's always sustainable in terms of finding talent as long as there's money to be able to sort of back that up. Whenever there's not, you could look at non-league teams certainly in in England as a sort of source of even when you're not getting paid, there's still a team to play on, right? And there, there's some things that happen. So I don't know. It's a great question. It's something that we you never thought we would really have to worry about here in the United States. that We'd have too many teams, um, but you're getting to that point. You're, you're certainly seeing that. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get there. Uh, $5 Super Chat from Soul Echoes. Uh, do you think we'll be a, the away team at the Rose Bowl? I know it says it's our home, but I fear it's going to be a blackout. Uh, we'll still win, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, uh, the history is on the side of Galaxy fans in terms of home games and and what has happened against LAFC. But, Kevin, have you heard of any ticket sales or anything like that? I haven't heard yeah, of anything okay. yet.
1: Chris Klein did tell me when the game was announced that that they had a mechanism in place to monitor ticket sales and make sure that, the, that, that, that the, there wasn't a blackout. Um, I'm not sure what that mechanism is. My my gut feeling right now, today, is LAFC will have twice as many fans there. Um, we'll see if that happens. Um, it is a Galaxy home game. It, it's their, you know, they decided to play this. They got two home games this year, decided to play one at, uh, with LAFC, decided to play one at Dignity and one at the Rose Bowl. Um, I, it just seems to me that the LAFC fans are really jacked about this game um and it'll be their first game well they have the, ch- the champions league game but it'll be their first mls game since they won the cup right so i expect them to be very motivated i would not be surprised if lafc had a huge advantage uh and, and, it, and it could make this i kind of like the experiment i like the idea of going back to the rose bowl it sounds like fun that's where the original home but if lafc winds up with twice as many fans and the whole idea really then starts to look real bad
0: yeah it fizzles it fizzles and then performance what do you think? on the
1: field. I mean, am i wrong do you think that that are, are you not confident Well, i shouldn't say confident i'm, I'm not
0: i'm not confident that the LA galaxy will I'll draw LAFC at this okay. game i am not i don't know how many people i'm still trying to figure out how many people are going to show up to it
1: I'm, I'm guessing 60 and i think i'm thinking 35 25 40 20
0: yeah, I, I think 60. I was going to say 60, 60 to 70. So it probably sounds about right. Um, maybe we're maybe we're surprised. Maybe they start giving away tickets like crazy uh, towards the end. They want a full as full stadium. Remember, this isn't this, the big reason for this is certainly. Yes, LA Galaxy, LAFC. It's an El Trafico. That's cool. The big reason for this is is that Apple TV is launching it based off of this game. They're basically taking the biggest game in Major League Soccer, which is. There's people who will argue when those people are stupid. But the biggest game in Major League Soccer right now is LAFC and LA Galaxy. There's usually fireworks happen. I don't know what that's going to do as sort of the first game of the year. I think it's a horrible time to sort of be like, let's make this the biggest thing ever. Um, whenever you have two teams that really haven't played all that much, preseason, preseason, and then usually the first couple of weeks of soccer are, are, are horrible, usually. Um it's not great free-flowing soccer, so I don't know what to expect except that, you know, there should be a big audience, a big crowd, and and Apple TV is gonna get to launch on the back of this game. So um people were complaining saying uh, you know, that the timing means I think it's a six thirty game, if I remember, or five thirty um and i'll look it up because because i know that they announced that it's
1: a saturday and they want the audience back east but now you mentioned apple tv that's probably the one group of people that are really upset gareth bale retired (laughs) because you know they honked the the crap out of that and they would have brought a lot of british media over here for that if gareth bale had still been on the team so that game from a marketing perspective loses a little bit less so we know gareth bale would have spent most of the game on the bench anyways but um yeah, that that maybe that's that's one thing that it makes it more difficult to sell this game is Gareth Bale won't be part.
0: Well, we told you forty seven days until the LA Galaxy kickoff against LAFC in that first game at the Rose Bowl. Apple TV was there. You, of course, I expect that most of you will be there in person at the Rose Bowl whenever this game kicks off. It should be um, at least a uh, maybe a once in a lifetime experience. Maybe not quite once in a lifetime. Maybe it's uh maybe it's a once every five or six years uh type of thing that eventually happens. But what you should also be paying attention to is the LA Galaxy will kick off their first preseason game in just 18 days. (coughs) Excuse me. That's on January 27th, whenever the Galaxy will host a closed-door scrimmage at Dignity Health Sports Park against Charlotte FC. Then... Saturday, February 4th, it's the LA Galaxy hosting New York City FC at Dignity Health Sports Park. That game at 7 p.m. Pacific time. So there, and then they go out to uh, Coachella. Don't call it Coachella. Uh, Coachella, uh, where they will play at the Empire Polo Club against St. Louis City SC on Wednesday, February 8th. Sunday, February 12th is against Portland Timbers at 10 a.m. That's going to be one I imagine most people will, will make it out for. And then Wednesday, February 15th, the LA Galaxy will host uh, the New York Red Bulls out at the Empire Polo Club before closing everything up on February 18th against, at Dignity Hill Sports Park against Toronto, <laughs> excuse me, Toronto FC. So that's where you're at with the LA Galaxy. That's the upcoming schedule and everything that is sort of following and flowing that way. Is there is there anything else that sort of sticks out to you right now, Kevin?
1: Go back to that schedule, the preseason schedule. Something kind of interesting. All those teams are Eastern Conference teams. Well, Portland's not. But the other ones are all Eastern Conference teams, right? St. Louis is going to be in the East. That correct?
0: Yeah. Uh, yes, correct. They are in the.
1: I, w- I wonder if that's done by design or if that's just you know serendipitous.
0: No, that- St. Louis is going to be in the West because Nashville went back. Yeah, okay. I- it just
1: seems like they 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 generally do play a lot. I know a lot of Eastern teams come out. Maybe the other thing is a lot of Eastern teams come here, and a lot of the Western teams kind of stay around home uh, because of the weather. But um, I, I also wonder if they just don't want to show the Western Conference teams, you know, what they're working on.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. By the way, Andrew in the chat room says, Will Apple TV have replaced the games if you subscribe? I believe they will. I believe they're gonna make all their content available to you. So you should be able to watch all those games as well. Can,
1: can you watch those games at any time?
0: <clears throat> you should be able to. I believe you can. I believe you'll be
1: able if, to go back and stream streaming services. You can you can have access to that at any time.
0: Yeah, you'll also be able to watch it obviously live. That'll be that'll be the yeah, main point right. of that. I really the, the one thing that I have my fingers crossed for is not only that they're going to have the whip around show that we'll be able to show a whole bunch of games at once and they'll sort of be able to to, to, to have you target in on certain games at certain times. Um, that'll be interesting, especially with, um, you know, 15 games going on or 14 games going on at the same time. That's a lot of games to try to watch and try to figure out. <laughs> That's one thing. But the other part of that is that... Um, You know, I really hope they're able to do something that ESPN had on Apple TV, which was the four box where you're able to pick your four games you want to watch and watch all four games at once because I really enjoyed that. And you could just hover over for the different um, audio and stuff like that. So
1: the announcing thing is going to be it it could be a real deal deal breaker as far as I'm concerned. If the the announcers aren't knowledgeable and don't know what's going on, it's going to make the games real tough to watch. I can see a lot of people going over to Sirius XM and listening to the local calls uh, for teams that still have radio people.
0: yes. Um, I could see some of that as well. Um, I think the the news that Taylor Twelman is leaving ESPN is certainly something to pay attention to. I would venture a guess that Twelman ends up at Apple TV. That makes some sense to me. I think they need a high-profile crew that's going to sort of head that. And with Fox still having... Those games, some of those games, not a lot, but some of those games, uh, you would expect their crew probably stays in place or they may cherry pick a couple people from over there. But yeah, I mean, Apple TV, I wouldn't be surprised if Twelman is one of those guys uh, who's there. So I don't know. It should be really interesting in terms of, uh, of of all that Apple TV coverage. I think with 24 players on the roster, Galaxy still can add about six players to that roster. Don't know about Farai Mutatu. We're still watching Douglas Costa possibly being uh, being put out um, and and going either on loan or being bought out or something of that nature. That could also happen as well. So Galaxy could have two designated player spots to, to sort of fill as we go forward here, too. You
1: know who else could, could be with Taylor on those broadcasts? He, he already works for Apple TV and he's going to be not have a team to coach at the end of this year. Ted Lasso. Ted, Ted.
0: <laughs> no, that, as much as you try to force that. No, not going to happen. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it for today. It's not a, there's not a lot of ton of news out there. There's not a ton of rumors. The Galaxy just getting sort of fired up. So look for social media stuff that comes out tomorrow, possibly in the rain, because we are getting some more stormy weather here as the uh, as the funnel continues to build. Be- is it raining up in uh, in San Jose?
1: It is not right now. But so you're talking about training in the rain.
0: Yes, training. training in the rain. No,
1: did, did, you, did you notice that uh, the Wi-Fi did not did not stop?
0: I mean, I well, that's well. Your your video
1: did it's, did it's freeze. The Wi-Fi is better than the Wi-Fi had back in the at the corporate pa- office.
0: at the Panda Palace. Yes, yeah, I, I agree. No, but you did your camera did freeze at least once, so I did I see did, that. Okay. So I didn't that. there's gotta be a a bottleneck somewhere. Uh, Ned, by the way, asked what happened to Joe Titino and Kobe Jones. We still imagine that they are going to be employees of the club throughout this year. How they? I, told
1: they are. Okay. I'm told we just don't know how they're going to be used.
0: Exactly. That's we don't know what in what utilization they will use that for. So we will watch that as well maybe they'll
1: just continue to do those announcements like you know what you can bring into the stadium and stuff the stuff you hear in the parking lot
0: i'm i'm available for that you know that, that the voiceover i'm i'm ready whenever and
1: we can't get joe to do the intro for this show
0: I, because I got the, I got Michael Raho to do the intro for the yeah, show. I, I, know, mean, it's good. I mean, I'm, I'm, pro, I think, I think it's pretty good because as Joe it does, is. Joe's not like the voiceover guy for me, Joe is the, is the voice of the galaxy play-by-play and unless he's going to do play-by-play of this podcast, which might be a little redundant up, oh, Josh takes another sip of Dr. Pepper, which by the way, not drinking <laughs> Dr. Pepper tonight. And people have already picked that up. Apparently, apparently I've, I've abandoned people already. I have a, I have a liquid IV. Have you ever had a liquid IV? no oh, okay so it's just like a uh it's a hydration multiplier it's basically tastes a little bit like gatorade and you pour it in there and if you have one glass of water it's like having three right so um that's that's the idea it has some electrolytes in there to support, support to when help
1: three waters
0: because that's a lot of water man mm-hmm. then you have to go to the bathroom all the time it's, that's a lot you're asking a lot of me right now all right all right glad we could talk uh anything else let you go
1: that's actually, I think, a margarita, but whatever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you <laughs> throw some tequila in anything, it's almost a margarita, right? So uh, that's how it goes. Uh, Galaxy getting ready to uh, host their first media availability on Friday. We told you about that. I'm, I'm going to try to make it out there, see if I can, I can pull that off. So uh, we'll see if we can go out there and talk to Greg Vanny. You have some stuff that you're going to talk to Greg Vanny about possibly this week. So so we should have more information. Uh, we'll have a show on Thursday, and then I expect Monday's uh, show to be be better be be a be a good one there will be a little more stuff a little more meat on the bones all right oh, let's see has have you ever had they're asking me have i ever had a doctor pepper with whiskey that Ooh. i haven't had that i might try that that actually sounds I, I, delicious.
1: I've used Dr. Pepper like in place of Coke for with rum, and uh, I know with bourbon. I don't know if I've done it with whiskey. Bourbon,
0: whiskey. I mean, they're they're similar. They're they're right yeah. across the hall it, from it, each it, other. The Dr.
1: Pepper does change the taste a little bit. It, mm-hmm. it, it, I, I wouldn't do it all the time, but it does. It does. It's for a changeup. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's right. Makes some sense. All right. Uh, if you're looking for Mister Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at k baxter11. Head on over to uh, latimes.com where you can find all of Kevin's. Wonderful articles, all of us writing about soccer. Follow him on Twitter as he'll be covering MLS Media Day from up in San Jose. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. That's where you can find all of our podcasts and other, other news nuggets that I find the time to write about. Cornerofthegalaxy.com is where you can find all of that. Here we go. Season number 15 of Corner of the Galaxy getting ready to kick off with the LA Galaxy in 2023. Games upcoming, preseason games coming, a lot of fun stuff. All right, for Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on
2: cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at GalaxyPodcast. Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy